Hello and welcome to the Paddock Pass podcast presented by Renthal Street Clip-On Handlebars. For premium race spec clip-ons developed by some of the world's fastest riders, check out renthal.com. On today's Paddock Pass podcast, myself, Steve English and Gordon Ritchie are going to get you up to speed with four days of world superbike testing. And Gordo, it's only a couple of weeks actually until we fly out to Phillip Island. And by the time this podcast is on, it'll be almost 10 days until bikes are on track. So the new season, it's here. Yeah, we're back to the early, early starts that World Superbikes um, specialised in in the pre-COVID years, um, which was always a bit of a shock to the system, but the fact that we finished last season just in time to get home and open our Christmas presents, it's been a very, very short winter. Um, it certainly felt very short. All the riders said the same thing. Um, but, no, no, I'm more than ready for it. Um, I'm looking forward to a kind of more normal season than we've had the last few years. Uh, but yeah, it's always a big start when we go to Australia, but we're actually going to Indonesia the week after. So it's a double big start, um, which I'm looking forward to tremendously. It's just going to be complicated as usual to get from one to the other, get home, big expenses start of the year for us poor freelancers. You know, it's a very uh, it's a very big start. Um, and if Tess is in to go by, it is going to be a big start. Yeah, it looks like it's going to be great because I was at Hareth for two days. You've been in Portimao for two days. I have to say, Gordo, I was excited to get back to work because this season looks like it's going to be great. And we've got loads of new stories to follow, whether it's Danilo Petrucci coming on to the Barney Ducati. You've got Remy Gardner coming across from MotoGP. Domi Agutter stepping up after winning two World Supersport Championships. Bradley Ray coming in from BSB. Whatever you want to look at, there's stories at absolutely every avenue. And obviously the biggest story is going to be the top three. And if anyone can move to to upset them to to get into that top top three riders as well and Michael Rubin Rinaldi looked very good in both tests I was impressed with him in Areth and in Portimao he looked very fast so it does look like everything's getting that little bit closer at the front as well but for you what was your your big takeaway from two days at Portimao? Uh, I think it was the fact that you couldn't separate the pure pace of Bautista and Ray um, obviously Rinaldi was in there as well which is very impressive Top Rack had a kind of slightly, still not quite sure of what bike he wants to run. When you look at those top three guys plus their teammates and then who else might be there, uh, it, it's it's close already. I think the main thing we're looking at is it's going to be close. Um, and race is always racing. Testing is great and it's good to see everybody out. There was only one or two people missing from the whole list of uh, superbike riders. Um, and all of it looked strong when you looked how far down some people were obviously artificially far down in the final timings Bassani for example was away down these guys are going to come and join so it was actually the gap between the fastest guys and the guys towards the bottom was pretty, it wasn't the names you were expecting some of them at the bottom so I think that they're obviously going to move up as the season starts and moves on and that is exciting I mean even just the entry list when you look at the entry list what's changed is, is amazing and obviously there was one big change at the Portimao test. We saw Toprak back out on a Kawasaki and he was on a, on a super sport bike as well. <laughs> that was uh, that was one of the best comedy moments we're going to get all year, even though we haven't even started yet, uh, when he got his brother Tumai to to go out on the Pichetti. He's still got a great relationship with the Pichetti Kawasaki guys, Toprak, who he, that's where he started out in, and, and he had his first superbike wins in before he joined Yamaha. Um, so yeah, there's his brother who's even taller in Toprak. Uh, who used to race amateur in uh, Turkey for a few years, quite a few years, um, and they just decided, hey, you know, well, my brother wants to go on a bike, what do you think? And being Superbike, 
and being the kind of human paddock that it is, um, all those people involved that have, you know, you can imagine any one of those people could have thrown their toys out of the pram and said, whoa, whoa, he can't go out on a Kawasaki. He can't wear Yamaha leathers in a car, blah, blah, blah. You know, even the boots he was wearing were the wrong ones for, for top right. But everybody just wanted it to happen as a laugh. And he got out, had a couple of laps, came back in, big grin in his face, all the photographers there taking pictures. It was it was a great wee moment. It was a great wee moment. I have to say, it reminds me a lot of when uh, Top Rack first went to Yamaha and there was the whole thing about the monster riders and a Red Bull rider coming in. And Top Rack's approach was, when I'm fast, no one's going to care what energy drinks company I have. And when you're fast, nobody cares whenever you ask, can your brother get onto a bike? Everyone just wants to help. And uh, Top Rack was able to to make that happen. I think it's, at the end of the day, it's a bit of, bit of fun. And I think that's what, like you said, that's what Superbikes needs and what Superbikes all about. It's a much more relaxed paddock for something like that to happen. But it's also a paddock order where there's big business to be done. And we saw that in the last week because Ducati rolled out an updated bike and yes. probably the the one bike that didn't need upgrades, yeah. didn't need to make a step forward. Absolutely. They've, they've got an engine now that's got a little bit more linear power delivery. It's a little bit softer, according to Rinaldi. The body position, the, the seating position on the bike is very different. I know Philip Ertl was really annoyed about the changes that were made and he was talking in terms of it's for a much smaller rider like Bautista so Philip had been sitting in the middle of the bike now he feels like he's sitting right on the front of the bike just because of all those ergonomic changes so it does look like they've moved that bike even more so towards Bautista. Yeah they have there's there's quite a lot of small details that have changed Uh, the most important one being the engine it just makes a bike it takes away the problems the bike had which were in the corners and especially lean angle and coming out of the corners um, it's it's got so much power and so many revs it kind of kicks you forward now this bike seems to be pushing you forward and then kicks you when it gets upright which is very bad news for everybody else because that's the one place that people could make advantage towards um, Bautista um, it's, it was always Bautista last year everybody else was to some greater degree not really in with the big three uh, that often but if the bike is so much better and it works towards Ronaldo, who obviously came up through Super Sport, Super Stock 600, and makes the bike easier to ride in the corners, then maybe that's going to be the difference that will help Ronaldo be the guy that breaks into the big three this year. That's entirely possible. It could be Lowe's, it could be uh, Locatelli, but we'll, we'll, we'll see uh, with those ones. But Ronaldo looked very good. He did look very good, and I think that's a showing how good the official... Ducati, as everybody else that had Ducatis was having various stages of a full 2023, half and half. You know, we're still at early stages, so there's still a few people um, looking at getting their final package ready. And maybe, maybe they won't even have absolutely everything, or certainly experience with the full 2023 bike by the time we get to Phillip Island, but we'll not know until we get there. And Gordo, I think that's that's a fair point whenever you look at Ducati right now, because we saw that Ertl got the, the Go 11 2023 bike at Jerez for the last day pretty much at uh, Portimao Bassani had skipped the Jerez test so he had two days in Portimao but he had two new mechanics to get used to and some changes inside the pit box that took a bit of time for him and then the new bike as well Petrucci went to Jerez with the old bike just to try and learn and understand that bike because it's what he knew from Moto America and uh, just try and learn the Pirelli tyres so for those guys, switching to the 2023 bike was a little bit delayed. Whereas for Phillip Island, we've still got two days of testing in PI. 
and that'll be when they really finalize their packages but we saw a lot of other manufacturers with big changes to the bikes yamaha had new swing arms and yes. linkages and lots of changes to that bike we saw kawasaki with some pretty significant changes as well internally we've seen it with bmw making a new well an, an upgraded bike and a new homologation with very different fairing and most importantly for them though they're trying to transition a little bit more to having standard parts on their bike they've got brembo brakes now instead of nissan brakes and it's just trying to take away one of those issues or one of those differences that they're now able to just say right well we're the same as everyone else so now we can move on to a different area to improve and that's what the winter tests are all about really isn't it it's about finding all those areas where you can try and make a step forward before the first round yeah and i think that the the when you look at everything right now the the manufacturer that's in the best the, the worst situation the in a bit of trouble really uh, is bmw they did not look happy any of them the riders the crews anybody was yeah they, they had some issues even getting the bikes to run properly etc um yeah it looks mad the new bmw if the bay if the aero works as as well as it looks mad then they're going to gain some top speed for nothing um it could be more adversely affected in, in wins because i've got great big uh, front wheel fairing type things that act as a cooling ducts as well as aerodynamic flow smoothing as well when you hit with side winds that can be affected um, yeah they, they seem to be um, there was a lot of stuff in the garage the official uh, it was festooned with boxes and piles of wheels and all the stuff um, so they've got a lot of resources and a lot put into it but they are they seem to be quite far off and now Hopefully they'll catch up. As we saw last year, they had podiums when not a lot of people fancied them. But yeah, it, they, that's the question mark for me is, are they going to move forward? Honda's the other one. But um, if you had to look at the new stuff thinking, mm, did that make a difference? So far for BMW, no. But that might be completely temporary. Well, the big problem for BMW is we've had four days of track running, four different riders on the BMW. And all of them had a lot of problems. We saw it in the Herath test. Baz and Scott Riding were 11th and 12th fastest. And then it was Gerloff and Van der Mark 15th and 16th fastest. But in Portobello, at the end of those four days of running, we saw 11th, 12th, 13th and 14th fastest for the BMWs. So they were all very closely matched. So that gives a good indication that they were getting everything they cut out of the package. And I thought that uh, one of the more interesting things I saw from Portobello was when Gerloff said to you that... Uh, he lost his way on the final day and couldn't really get a grasp of what the problem was. And then it was just a case of just trying to do as many laps as possible just to almost work your way out of a problem. But it did seem that at different times over the four days, all four BMW riders got lost at one time or another. Yeah, and that's what it was like um, from outside. I didn't get the chance to speak to Mark Bongers, the you know the boss of the whole overall BMW side of the operation. Um yeah, and I didn't really get the chance to speak to the riders because their PR went away and they didn't really want to have us interviewing without their PR people there. Um, obviously, there was some comments made by Scott Redding that didn't go down too well. Um, Which ones were they, Gordo? Oh, I couldn't possibly say. All um, of them. But, yeah, all of them. <laughs> um, and I, I, I do regret not being able to get to speak to Scott. I did want to, really want to, but I just couldn't find him at the end. Um, so... Yeah, I, I, that is definitely... Last year, remember, me and Charlie would have arguments about, oh, there's going to be... The BMW is a good bike and it's going to be okay and everything else. Well, 
they've still got some issues. Maybe be- only because they've got a new bike. Maybe if they hadn't changed anything last year, they'd have turned up at that test and been five, six, seven. You know, they'd have been ahead of all the, the, the fastest of the new rookies and the people that have changed teams. But they've brought a different bike with different parts on it. And, um, yeah, the, the the super concessions, whatever you want to call them, that appeared at the end of last year for them in Honda are are going to be the same as this year. The Honda's going to be the same as it is. The BMW's got the, the change in the ferret, the, the frame hanger. Um, but that's it. I think they've both now reset, as far as I'm aware. And we haven't seen the rule book, we haven't seen the regulations yet, we haven't got any of that, unless it's published today. Um, they, so, what, what, so we're all relying on what people are saying. And what people are saying now is that that's it. They are not going to be at the stage of having more super concessions this year. However, be aware that, that the powers that be can override the rule book if they feel they have to. I mean, they weren't supposed to get any changes for last year. And then they suddenly in the last two or three rounds were instigated some technical changes, uh, some of which we've never seen in Superbike before, been able to take things away and, and change things on the chassis by weakening, if you wanted to, rather than strengthening, which has never been allowed in all the years of World Superbike. Obviously, some people have done it, cheated, got away with it, got busted. It's happened, but it's never been allowed. So that's a big change from last year that's already started this year. But that change will be the same for it. So I think the Honda's going to be the way it is this year, which was the way it ended last year with the chassis mods to make it a bit longer and so on. You mentioned about uh, the rookies as well there, Gordo, in fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth position for when you were saying BMW could have moved up to those positions. That is where we've seen some of the rookies so far this this yeah. winter as well. And it's been impressive that at um, Hareth, Domi Agador was right up inside the top six on the combined times. But I thought Remy Gardner in Portimao was very impressive. Now, we've got a couple of minutes with Remy as well, just coming after this. But what was your thoughts on, on Remy's performance in Portimao? Uh, very workmanlike. But I would expect a recent MotoGP rider, even though he'd only been there a year, uh, to jump on a very well sorted of, of all the bikes, the Yamaha or the Kawasaki, uh, or maybe the factory Ducati, the, the, the sorted bikes. So he's come in there in a good team, which is basically one percent, half a percent less than the factory team on a, on a settled package. He's he, he's he's used to ride more powerful bikes, so the bike any bike you ride that's less powerful should be easier to do. All that said, I thought that was very impressive. His whole he turned up. He stayed there. He's on the tail of the, the, the two factory Hondas in the final. Uh, at least Alex Lowe's had some issues and he's finished ninth. But ahead of all those BMWs and lots of other bigger names that have been around um, and got more, certainly more experience in production bikes, that's like his second, third third go out on a production-derived motorbike, I think, maybe since he was a kid. So, no, no, deeply impressive in a quiet way. Um, and after day one, I only spoke to him after day one and he was very chilled um, and happy, you know, he's making progress. Yeah, he seems very happy to be in the World Superbike paddock and we had the chance to catch up with the GRT Yamaha rider after his first day of running at the Hareth Test. Remy Gardner, it's great to have you back on the Paddock Pass podcast and this is obviously the middle of pre-season testing. You've only had a few days on the bike and as it stands, only one day in the dry. But what have you learned so far? Um, first day in the dry yesterday, so uh, yeah, really enjoyed myself. 
new bike, new team, new tires, everything's, you know, quite foreign at the moment. But uh, yeah, step by step, getting a handle of the whole situation. And uh, no, honestly, I'm really enjoying riding the bike. You know, it's uh, it's very fun, kind of moves around a bit, which is cool. And I'm just enjoying myself at the moment. Last year was a very tough season for you. But the year before, you were able to show everything that you were able to do in Moto2 class. You come to Superbikes and it's almost by trying to get past what happened last year and then get your form back from what it was a couple of years ago. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I lost quite a bit of confidence, you know, last year. Um, yeah, in myself and, 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 you know, other people as well. But hopefully, you know, I can find that uh, the mojo again, let's say, and, uh, you know, start to ride, you know, how I how I used to ride. And, and yeah, hopefully, you know, feel comfortable with the bike and, and step by step, you know, build that confidence back up. And I think that's at the moment the goal, you know, just take it step by step and, and build that confidence every every day that I'm on the bike and, and hopefully every weekend at the races. How tough for a rider is it when you go through a situation like that? Yeah, um, it wasn't fun, that's for sure. I went from, you know, king of the world to just, you know, feeling like absolute crap. And uh, yeah, no matter what I did, I just couldn't get, you know, my head around you know what was going on and yeah um anyway uh, it is what it is it, it sucked it's over move on and, and i'm looking forward to, to the future now and uh yeah i'm sure i learned uh, a few things that's for sure um out of last year so you know in every negative there's always positive so looking forward to the future two dry days here at Arath. it looks like the weather's gonna be good in portimao for the next test so another couple of days there and then two days of pi you actually do get quite a bit of running in a short period of time to get yourself ready for the first round but as it stands right now what's the one area where you look at and say okay this is where i need to make a, a step um i kind of got some bad habits from last year let's say um i didn't used to ride like that but at the moment i'm just riding like an like an animal you know attacking the corners like a lot on the front braking really late opening too much gas too early just kind of riding yeah too savage at the moment and i think just with these tires and, and especially the yamaha i think um it's more of you know you gotta just relax on the bike let the bike flow and, and carry the corner speed which which i'm not doing at the moment but uh yeah um even from the start of yesterday to the end of the day, we, I already made a big step in my riding style as well. Um, and hopefully, yeah, a good sleep last night and uh, I'll be making another step today, hopefully. But yeah, I mean, it's pretty clear on data, which is good. And, you know, the team are really great and helping me out. Great to hear from Remy Gardner after his first couple of days as a World Superbike rider. It's going to be really good to see how he does it round one. Obviously a home race for Remy in Phillip Island in a couple of weeks' time. But Gordo, he's not the only rookie at the uh, GRT Yamaha squad. He's alongside Dommy Aguilar. And at the first test, Dommy looked really impressive. You know, And it was interesting to chat to him after that first test because Hareth, the track that he knows like the back of his hand, he's been racing there for 20 years basically. But he said that he had to relearn the track because all of his old brake markers and this, that and the other had to be different. So he's had to adjust to riding a superbike. So in Phil in Hareth, uh, it was about adjusting to braking a little bit earlier and adapting to having the more power. But Portimao looked like a very different story. He was sixth fastest at Hareth. Portimao was a much more challenging test for him. He was 16th fastest. And a big factor for that was having to control the wheelie and all the different factors that physically make a superbike much more difficult to ride than a super sport bike. Yes, and also tyres. I think he had two or three goes on qualifiers, deliberately trying to get a good time in Hareth with half the engineer that into the equation as well. Um, he, he did kind of go for it, as you say, a track he knows very well, happy with the bike. Um, Portimao's is difficult. If you're going to have a problem, you're going to have it several times a lap at Portimao. It's such a tricky track, so many changes of elevation, blind entries. 
if you're not totally confident, you will lose time just because you're not quite sure because it's a blind entry. If you're totally confident, you think, yeah, I know the apex is there. You're having to look through the ground or, you know, to, to, you just can't see the apex. It's such brutal um, elevation changes. So, yeah, it's, if it's going to get caught out, that's the place you're going to get caught out, something like Portimao. Um, but, again, maybe the first test it was, was he concentrated a bit more on times at the end, is what he said at the time. And I think this one was maybe over, we need to do more work here uh, to get the bike to work the way he wants. But even then, you know, I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't, there was 23 riders out there. And he was obviously toiling, he was 16th. And unlike other riders who might have been toiling, he actually improved his time in the second day. So whatever they did, did improve it, which is the only thing you really care about. Because if you keep improving, you'll get there. Yeah, and I have to say that for everyone we're quite curious to see how Dommy does because as a double super sport champion jumping onto that bike he's going to have an opportunity to have some good results and he's certainly very excited to be back on a super bike he's got some big bike experience from Suzuka 8 hours and endurance racing but to be a full time world super bike rider is something that he's wanted for quite a while now so we also had the chance to catch up with the other GRT Yamaha rider and uh, we're going to hear from Dommy and then we're going to take a quick break on the Paddock Pass podcast You're finally a superbike rider. You must be excited to get started for this season. Yeah, of course. Uh, can't wait to start the season. The season comes very, very soon. Uh, we have not a lot of testing time, let's say, and also preparation. The first race is already in uh, some weeks. Uh, I didn't ride yet uh, on dry condition. Uh, the last test was uh, two days uh, wet in December. But uh, yeah, I think I... Uh, I uh, deserved uh, the ride in, in the World Superbike after the two years uh, winning the World Supersport Championship with a fantastic team with the GIYTR, GRT uh, Yamaha Racing Team and uh, yeah, I can't wait to, to have my first race. Obviously the last few years we've seen a lot of guys come from Moto2 into Supersport and then move on to Superbike. Someone like Locatelli is quite an interesting rider because he's still kept a lot of his Supersport style coming onto a superbike is this something that gives you a lot of confidence coming into this year yeah of course i follow the last uh, few years or as long as i i ride uh, in the in the motorbike i follow always uh, super sport and superbike and uh, yeah locatelli is a great rider he won also the the championship with uh, many uh, many historic uh, races uh, he's a fast guy he's in the official uh, yamaha team so uh, for sure, uh, my goal this year is also to, to compete with him and uh, try to, to show some good races and maybe also to be sometimes in front of him. It's obviously going to be an interesting season for all of us to watch the Yamaha riders, whether it's yourself, Remy, Brad Ray comes across from BSB. It's three guys coming from very different bikes to a superbike and there's going to be comparisons made between all three of you. Uh, yeah, I think all the three have uh, a lot of experience with different bikes um, let's say uh, <laughs> yeah Remy is uh, a world champion in Moto2 right uh, the, um, the MotoGP bike last year me I was riding a long time now 600 with Moto2 and uh, the Supersport also the Moto E bike uh, Bradley was riding also 600 and 1000 so uh, I think the Superbike it's a, it's a different bike to all other bikes. You need to try to adapt as fast as possible 
to see uh, how the power works, all the electronics, the tires, and then, uh, yeah, I hope we can, I can make good results. That's great. Thanks, Tommy. <laughs> Thank you. This episode of the Paddock Pass podcast is brought to you by Renthal Street Hard Anodized Sprockets, up to 66% lighter than steel sprockets. Welcome back to the Paddock Pass podcast presented by Renthal Street. Steve English and Gordon Ritchie talking you through the four days of World Superbike testing that happened last week. And we're getting ready for the start of the World Superbike season, Gordo. And you've also got uh, a Scotsman getting ready for the start of the Supersport season. And uh, you had the chance to chat to... Taron McKenzie at the Portimao test. I was able to catch up with John McPhee actually at the Heret test as well. So you got two Scotsmen in the intermediate class this year. Can you imagine the degree of parsimony in, in, in that paddock this year with, with those two guys there? <laughs> no, you know, I'm stereotyping Scottish people as tight or anything, but um, no, it was great to see him there. He's been desperate. Um, Taz has been desperate to get into World Championships since he won BSB. Um, I don't blame him. He obviously had a period of time in Moto2. Um, and his track time was limited, so bear in mind whatever times you've seen for him or anything else, he had to share a bike with his teammate, but it's not because of the reason that I was told originally, which was parts and having the bike exactly race ready. It's literally because there was so many riders at that test that the ones coming in weren't guaranteed all track time, so they had to literally, there was a maximum number of riders allowed on track. So that's why Taz did half a day, so he did... Uh, half a day first day, half a day second day. So he didn't even get a full test, nor did his teammate. So, and the same, I think, for the MIE Superbike guys. So, yeah, he enjoyed it. Um, he said it was very strange to get off a Superbike onto a 600 because obviously it's kind of, you know, it's a big drop in power. Um, and change manufacturers, everything. Um, but no, he was very serious uh, when he was looking at the bike and talking about the bike, he's brought his own crew chief over from BSB. It makes a big difference. It's not going to be, I think, a very easy, immediate first couple of rounds when you've jumped into a completely different paddock on a different bike. And again, a bike it hasn't raced for a couple of years and is now therefore different um, than the one that was last raced in World of Supersport. Um, but for looking... You know, everything is all obviously put together very quickly. Um, it's actually working really well um, in terms of, of, of a degree of progress, but they certainly weren't given the best opportunity because they only got one day out of potential for two. Yeah, and um, I think for Taz in particular, he was a great super sport rider as well before he, he went was, on yeah, to yeah, the, yeah. the BSB spec bike. And I think he won the championship on a Kawasaki and a Yamaha and now he gets a chance to ride the Honda as well. So he's a rider that's got a lot of experience in that class and he's got his chance to try and go out and shine. And that's a bike that's had a lot of success in the Japanese championship. Obviously for Midori and for Marawaki, they're putting a lot of effort into this class as well. So I'm excited to see how it goes for Taz. I think it's one of those situations where if he turns up in Phillip Island, there's work to be done and you have to be mindful of that in those early rounds. But by the time we get a few rounds into the season, you'd certainly expect and hope that he's going to have some strong runs. And, you know, somewhere like Donington is going to be a, a, obviously a real opportunity for him. But there's other tracks that he knows as well, especially from his time doing almost a full season of Moto2 World Championship as well. So he's going to have a, a lot of adaptation to do to get used to being a, su a super sport rider again. But at least he knows what to expect. And the one thing I would say about the, the potential leveller for anyone in super sport, and it's a thing that should be borne in mind for anybody at that very first round, is tyres, tyres and tyres. 
because Supersport at Phillip Island has been the area where there's going to be, there has been tyre issues in the past. It seems to be more for them than it does for the Superbike guys. So you've got to be careful with your tyres. You've got to push them enough. You've got to push them enough to win. But if you push them over, you're not going to win. So there could be a lot of weird results at, 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 at Phillip Island specifically. We'll maybe get more of an idea because it's only one week later and nothing's going to be able to get done other than transport the bikes and stuff to Mandalika. So maybe Mandalika is actually going to be a better idea where uh, Taz or any of the new guys are, are coming into the championship will be. Yeah, and uh, we got the chance to hear from Taz as well from the Port Mao test when uh, two Scotsmen got together. So hopefully people are able to actually understand the audio. First experience, yeah, of the six hundred in a long time. Yeah. Um, in general, how did it go? All right. Yeah, I, w- I was pleasantly surprised with the chassis and stuff. Um, it's still quite standard, so it's hard to kind of pinpoint like engine and electronics and stuff like that because it's still just got kit HRC stuff on. So um, I think for Australia, it will make a big step, and then when we get back to Aston, I think it will make another step by the sound of it. So. Um, at the moment we've just got to be a bit patient and a bit realistic of where we're at but I think from now till Australia will be a big improvement and it's hard to judge where we're at lap time wise because it's so far off at the moment just because it's quite standard still but being back on a 600 really enjoyed it and and um, kind of getting back into the swing of things really. Yeah. And it was just a shame that there were so many riders here Yeah. That your track time ended up being a bit limited. You yeah. Share your bike with yeah. your teammate. I know, to be honest, with the way the bike was, we were maybe not expecting to, to even ride at one point. We were just coming for kind of photos and, and videos and stuff. So the fact we both rode, Adam has been riding a super bike in Asia. I've been riding a super bike in BSB for a few years. So it was nice that we could both come and ride 600s and just kind of get back into the swing of things, understand the bike. We've kind of both got a little bit of a base setting now for Australia. So that's kind of cut a few corners, which is nice. And, um, and yeah, to be honest with the the track time we've had it's been valuable the weather's been really nice whether we ride in the morning or the afternoon so we can't complain with any of that and um, yeah see what happens in Australia two days of testing before the race starts so that's going to be even more valuable yeah again for Australia I've been to Phillip Island but a little bit like Portimao I've been there for five six years so it was nice just to be kind of getting back out there and and having the test is perfect and hopefully the improvements on the bike it just gives us a little bit of time to kind of get up to scratch with it before the race weekend Great to hear from the 2021 BSB champion, Taron McKenzie, ahead of his World Supersport debut season. But uh, Gordo, he's not the only BSB champion making the move to uh, World Superbikes this year. We've also got the reigning champion, Bradley Ray. And Brad had his first test with the Moto X team this week as well. And you, again, had the chance to chat to Brad down in Portimao. And I think it's fair to say he's excited to have the, the chance to be on the grid. It's not the... Not the ride that a lot of other riders would have taken because it's only for the European rounds, but he still gets nine outings this year and he's going to get a good opportunity to show what he can do. Yeah, um, it is a shame that it's difficult to break into World Championship racing now uh, irrespective of your your most recent credentials if you're a British rider. Uh, obviously, BSB likes to keep hold of the riders anyway, but here we are too. The last two champions are now racing in World Championship and Brad's the one on a superbike. Um and that's a good little team, that. It's, it's, the Yamaha have got a real factory going in terms of production for all their customer teams. 
they resourced it better last year and now they're ready to supply right down to what people would consider maybe the bottom of the grid with more or less the same material. Now, there's four proper factory bikes, two in the factory team and two in the GRT team. But the rest of the people are getting good material and they're getting Yamaha people helping them. Um, that's the way to do it. The big thing for Brad is obviously electronics. That's his big thing to learn, how to work with them, how to ride with them, how to use them, where the limits are, um, what not to do. A lot of, the, and this is unfortunate for a lot of people, is, is you have to learn what not to do when you're riding World Superbike now compared to any national championship that doesn't have the same level of electronics. It's actually not more. You're t sometimes you actually have to try and give a bit less. Less is the wrong word, but you have to be more controlled in certain areas to get the best out of it, to let the electronics help you to get the tyres to the end of the race, to get the, the, the last lap as fast as it can be um, and still be competitive for the rest of it. Uh, Brad looked very happy at the end. Um, he was he was very happy at the end of that Portimao test, I think. Um, he, he's excited to be there, yes. He's very excited. Uh, and he's got Shaky in his corner. You know, Shane Burns looking after him. That's a good mentor to have. That's a good a good brain as well. Um, and I had to go back and talk to get the little uh, chat that we've got here. I had to go back three times because they were all sitting talking about the bike and the day and what to do and what they were going to do next. They were debriefing for ages. So, you know, that's a good sign. And they weren't all shouting at each other. They were all talking to each other and doing through the work. That was To me, that was a very good debut. Third time lucky for you, Gordo, but uh, we're going to get the chance to hear from Bradley Ray now. And uh, let's hear from the Moto X Yamaha rookie. What's your impressions? And then what's your feeling about the bike and, and being here? Yeah, very good. Um, obviously, it's, for me, it's the first time with the with the team with the with the uh, the full world superbike spec bike and the first time that I've actually ridden since Brands last year. So right. uh, a while. Yeah, it's a bit of a, a bit to get used to. I got had to get up to speed quite quickly, but um, yeah, we just had to go through all the, the normal testing process which setting handlebars for pace getting comfortable on the bike and then uh, just going through the the electronics for me was a big thing we we found a a fairly good base with the with the bike base setup with the bike and then and then just just myself learning the uh learning electronics there's a lot more you can do to what mm, what we sure. was allowed to do in bsb so uh yeah i was always learning always changing and, and we're just trying to to obviously understand it from from my side and then uh, just getting comfortable from from um, from doing that. So yeah, it's been a been a very positive test. And did you start off with as little electronics as you could, or did you just say, okay, this is what you're probably going to ride? Start at the le A level of normal electronics for. Yeah, just just a base base setup with the team team putting okay. the bike, um, and yeah, just. Uh, worked a lot on the chassis to get myself comfortable and got got up to a, a decent pace before we then uh, worked a little bit more on the electronics side so um, we changed electronics quite a bit to to get me to understand what it feels like with too much uh, traction control not enough traction control okay. and things like that so uh, just a, a big learning process really um, <laughs> a lot to take in been like a sponge today just soaking it all in <laughs> but yeah we only had two days everyone else has, has had four days testing now so we're, we're a couple of days behind but overall feel really happy and, and looking forward to the, the next test tell you what Gordon we're getting a lot of interviews plugged into this show and we've still got one more we've got Jonathan Ray for five minutes at the end of the show but before we 
move on to uh, to that interview. I think that's it's worth mentioning about the number of crashes that we saw during the course of the four days of testing because it was cold. Like in in Jerez and in Portimao, it wasn't the kind of conditions people expect in the south of Spain and down in the Algarve. There was ice on the roads. There was really cool temperatures in the morning. And the Pirelli tyres, even though they're a great tyre in those low temperatures, they still need a little bit more than what we had at times. And especially at the close of day, it got really tricky for some riders. Tom Sykes had a really big crash in Jerez in the cool conditions in the evening. Toprak had a big crash as well in the morning conditions. And it was it was funny, actually, because I was out... Um, just about getting ready to go out to, to shoot the session. And uh, I was chatting to a few of the riders and they were there like, no, nah, you need to give it a, a little while. It's going to be still very cold out there. So, you know, everyone's going to be taking it easy. And I literally got to the last corner just as Top Rack crashed. And it was a big one. Like the bike ended up in flames and uh, there was, you know, a lot of work that needed to be done to repair that thing. But it was the same in Portimao as well. We saw crashes for Bautista, Lowe's, and uh, plenty of other riders during the course of that test. Yeah, yeah, no, there, there were um, some of it. Uh, Bautista fell in Portimao, um, and the second one was basically just because he was pushing the bike as far as it could go. Um, the track temperature of Portimao was exactly the same idea as Hareth. I'd say the overall conditions were better, and I wasn't in Hareth to compare, but from what other people told me, Portimao was sunny from start to finish. Um, but the track did need a bit of time to, to, to heat up. And when you lost the sun, the drop in track temperature was quite significant. So the delta, what you're talking about, is between the middle of the day, the late morning and the middle of the day, and the early morning and, the, and even the last half hour of the test, when people were trying to go for a time maybe as well. Um, yeah, there were a lot of crashes. Um, but you would expect that there's a lot of people finding the limit. And as I say, Alvaro's one was literally finding the limit he just said I was pushing and pushing and eventually found the limit the hard way so you know not, not, you expect that in testing better to do it in testing than the, than finding all this out in Phillip Island Gordo just before we finish up we've got uh, five minutes with Jonathan Ray as well from the Hareth test and for the first time in a long time JR has got some new faces in the garage. We've got lot, uh, yeah. new electronics guys on his side you've got uh, an electronics engineer between both sides of the pit box as well, with uh, Christoph Lambert coming in. And uh, this is good to see for Kawasaki because new people bring new ideas. And uh, I think that that's something that could be quite useful to see how that plays out. Yeah, I think it's... Um, and he's also got a new rider helper. Kevin Hevenhard is uh, retired from his, his position and now uh, Jonathan's brother's helping him out in that. So there's quite a lot of changes around about that. But when you look at the hardcore of that team, you've got... Uh, ultimately, you've got uh, Perry and his two mechanics. They've been the same guys forever. Um, he's added already another mechanic, um, a female mechanic, not a thing you see very often, unfortunately, in, in the Superbike World Championship or anywhere else. Not quite enough female representation um, helping out in, her, in that side of the garage as well. So there's a, there's, there's, he's had quite a few changes, but I think it's very important to see that those three are still the same. Um, and the electronics guys are are, are well-known, uh, very determined, but most importantly, Kawasaki recognised they had a problem where they generate so much data now that you can't act on it on the active weekend. You have to actually, you find out things that you would be very useful to know on Saturday or Sunday. On Wednesday, 
purely because of the degree and number of the amount of data they have. So that's why they've got a central engineer in Christoph, and and then they've got Daniel still working with uh, Marcel side of the garage, and now they've got uh, Sander Donkers working in Jonathan's side of the garage as a direct engineer for them, and then one person above, sifting through all this data, going through it all, speak no doubt speaking to the Japanese overnight, etc. Um, to let them use the data that they're generating and the comments they're generating and match them together and get better set up for race days. Yeah, I think it's it's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out. And we're going to get the chance to hear from Johnny. But just before we do, Gord, obviously you've got to get your bags packed now just to get ready for Phillip Island. But what's the one thing that you can't go to Australia without? Uh, working visa as a journalist. <laughs> and they've already got it thank god you get your working visa I'll bring our sun cream and uh, by the time everyone hears from us next we'll be sunning ourselves down in Phillip Island getting ready for the first round of the season so Gordo big thanks for getting everyone up to speed on uh, everything that you saw for two days in Portimao great to hear from you again and you mate no it was great fun to be there I'm, I'm excited now I, I was excited before after those two days I'm more than ready to go to start the season now I'm the exact same I can't wait to get ourselves going down in Phillip Island and we've got the chance to hear from Jonathan Ray now but uh, this interview was actually originally posted on our Patreon as well so Paddock Pass Podcast are on Patreon so patreon.com forward slash Paddock Pass Podcast if you want to get the chance to listen to a lot of additional content before we post it in the podcast or also during the course of a Grand Prix weekend or indeed the upcoming Sepang Test where we'll have our Paddock Notes show every day during the course of the test to get you up to speed so Gordo thanks for joining us as usual on the show we're looking forward to having you uh, give us all your insight all the way through the season once again and uh, can't wait to get down to Phillip Island with you in only a couple of weeks time but before we finish up let's hear from Jonathan Ray as he gets us up to speed on how his winter has been Jonathan Ray joining us on the Paddock Class podcast once again and are you looking forward to getting started again? Yeah I really am you know if I'm completely honest um, the test last December motivation wasn't really high you know from the back end of last year, you know, the championship fight was slipping away. You know, you could see that happening. So, the with not a huge amount of tests, just some important items to to check off the list before we, you know, shut up shop for winter. Um, so I came back to Europe from Australia, and uh, we got terrible weather on day one. But I've had such a nice break now that I'm itching to get back. You know, I was ready two weeks ago, and um, can't wait to get out there. Although it's quite cold um, weather forecast is is dry so yeah it should be good and there's a lot of guys here as well so well, there'll be no need for you know guessing a reference time you know the, all the, the championship protagonists will be here yeah this is nearly like a full race weekend you've got pretty much everyone here and a lot of new faces and old faces coming back Tom's obviously back in the Kawasaki we've got Petrucci in on the Ducati the championship as a whole with whether you're looking at Gardner coming in from GP Dummy and Brad Ray stepping in from other championships like it looks really healthy right now yeah no it is and I think you know the additions to the championship really help you know sometimes um, you know there's a deeper entry entry list but riders that are new just new riders you know what these guys that are coming in are you know super sport world champions Moro 2 world champion and Remy um, runner-up in Supersport, Danilo Petrucci, MotoGP race winner. It's uh, such a great addition, and um, I think um, you know it's 
it's going to be exciting for the hardcore superbike fans because these new guys are coming in. It's also going to be exciting for people that followed MotoGP because you know they're coming here to superbike, and I think um, you know it's going to be a nice season and to see where everybody slots in. What about for you? Is it exciting to get the chance to go back up against Bautista top rack as well? Yeah, it really is because. Um, you know, at the back end of last year, we were getting there. You know, we had made some changes in the beginning, in the middle of the year, that were making things better for us. Uh, I was just suffering in the last laps of races. Um, then, you know, curve. You'd think we'd go to Phillip Island and we'd really struggle with tire consumption. You know, in race two, although it was cut short, I felt like I had so much traction. Uh, like, so we've really addressed some issues with the bike, but still more to to iron out. You know, especially. You know, fighting in them last laps in really hot conditions is an area that, you know, I think we can improve our bike. And, um, you know, that's, it's really hard to work on that in the winter because we're not going to find temperatures of, you know, 45, 40 degrees on track. Um, but we can, we know the areas we need to target and we'll try and work on that so that we can be there. Because I know for one lap pace or, you know, hanging it out in a super pole race, I can be there or thereabouts. But it's, it's them, the, the common denominator throughout the season has been, the, the back end of the long races. Gordo's obviously the wisest, oldest head in the paddock, and uh, he talks an awful lot about the fact that a season changes in one or two moments. Your season changed at Assen, and suddenly you had to play a bit of catch-up. A championship challenge really does hinge on one or two pivotal moments. They didn't fall your way last year, but for Bautista, it's now about trying to do that back-to-back. You know how tough that is. So to keep that momentum for him, what's the big challenge that he's going to face? You know, that that number one plate is heavy. You know, I know that from experience. Um, arguably, you know, 2016, the year after winning, was my most challenging year at Kawasaki. The first one went very smooth. Um, but in 16, it was challenging. Also, you know, with top rack last year, in the beginning of the season, I seen different top rack, you know, and uh, the back end of the season, he was, okay, back to normal, let's say, or a big improvement. Um, but it, it changes things but there's there's expectation you know there's no hiding anymore you're the guy you have to be the guy and that's you know every session every condition wet dry hot cold and um, but you know he, he, he had it pretty covered last year I think it's unfair to say that one weekend changed anything for him because um, you know he just kept building he had such a championship gap at the end of the season almost 90 odd points or 100 points maybe to me something like that I thought um, you know kudos on a, a great championship and uh, even if I put my mistakes at bay and, and granted myself points that I think I should have had we still weren't in the championship hunt so a lot of work to do obviously when you look at the championship from the outside it's always interesting to see what everyone's perception is and it is a big three versus the rest do you think is that fair for where it is right now or is it just a case of the three guys just have that little bit of a step maybe um, it's hard to hard to say it's hard for me to comment on because I'm, I'm in the middle of that I'm one of the guys but um, you know, so many guys in sort of bike are fast you know the um, you know, especially the Ducatis the Ducati riders um, on good bikes, you know, you see Bassani with a pretty much private Ducati being there. Um, Ronaldi can be there, you know. For me, he needs 
needs to make a step, can make a step. And then, you know, Alex found his flow last year. You know, he was he was there, and um, I think this year, I hope he can make another step because with both him and me fighting near the front really helps the bike, helps development-wise in the team. And um, yeah, I think. But if you look at it from the outside, yeah, it's it's me. It's been me, Alvaro, and Top Rack with most of the scrapping, but um, and a gap to the fourth place guy. But that doesn't mean to say it's the same again. You know, always somebody makes a step. And and last year it was Alvaro was the guy that was he was the guy. Next year, you know, it could be you know what's to say Bassani doesn't come out all guns blazing and he's the new guy. You know, or or Alex or anyone for that matter, Bierge. Um There's so many different. Um, different people you could have a case for doing a really good job just one last question before we let you go Johnny what motivates you more is it trying to get back to winning or when you were on top was it the fear of someone coming in uh, it wasn't someone coming in it was, if when you're on top it was the fear of um, not being on top then now it's more okay it's this is my place you know I know I, I accepted that but it's a challenge then to get back and it's really cool. There's a lot of new faces around in Kawasaki. It hasn't been like that. Um, it's been quite consistent. I think sometimes you have to shake the apple tree, you know, and it's it's different, different vibe, different motivation, new people, and it's it's fun, you know. It's going to be um, an exciting prospect to see us all glue together. So I'm hanging on that bit of motivation. Some some changes with our bike as well, and hopefully that will take us a little bit closer.